The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we're pretty much at the end of free agency like we talked about on Tuesday's show. So we are doing as an exercise, analyzing the current roster and reevaluating which groups are the strongest, which are currently still the weakest, and which improved the most after this free agency period. We previously analyzed all this stuff at the very beginning of the offseason. So now that they made roster moves, we have a better understanding of how things are shaping out and looking come draft time in the very end of April. Before we take a look at those various position groups, we do have two additional signings that occurred since we last recorded, so we are going to discuss those first. That first signing that happened pretty much immediately after we finished recording on Monday was Dion Lewis running back from the Tennessee Titans signing with the New York Giants on a one-year deal. It's 5'8", 195 pounds, and a 29-year-old veteran who's been around for a relatively long time in this league, bouncing around between multiple teams, most notably the Philadelphia Eagles, the New England Patriots, and then most recently, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, 2019, he had 54 carries for 209 yards, 25 receptions, and 164. But if you recall, Deion Lewis in his best year, that was with the New England Patriots in 2017, where he topped 1,000 scrimmage yards and nine total touchdowns. Also racked up a PFF grade of 88.7, which is really, really good. Seen a bit of a decline, especially down to this past season as he's down to 60. He's really approaching that 30-year-old uh, threshold shelf life, uh, shelf life mark for a running back. So he's he's had a gradual decline, less carries, less touches, but still relatively impactful when you need him to go out there. Yeah, this is not a guy who is going to be competing with or pushing Saquon Barkley. He's really probably going to be competing with Wayne Gallman and John Hilleman and whoever else the Giants happen to bring in for the backup running back position. Right now, looking at, at his last two years with Tennessee, outside of that New England scheme machine, however you want to call it he's really been at his best it's kind of a third down back a pass protector a receiving back who can catch the ball out of the backfield 
maybe make something happen after the catch. He did have a good year as a kick returner in 2017, which is probably where you know Joe Judge knows him from best. So maybe he can contribute there. But you know, one area the Giants have struggled with is pass protection from the running back position. And having a guy who can pass protect, who can catch, you know, hopefully maybe that will give them some options and maybe clean up what was a deficiency last year. And if you recall, when we we did the running back position group and evaluated at the very beginning of the offseason, we talked about a need for bringing in a veteran running back just to help fill out that position to add a little bit of extra layer and a, a different skill set to the running back group. Because if you look at you have Saquon Barkley, who's very, very unique, shifty, big running back. You have Wayne Gallman, who's a bit more downhill on the bigger side, not a, a total burner. You have John Hillman, who is uh, on the younger side, coming into his second year and was an undrafted free agent out of Rutgers. Not going to have a huge impact running the ball, but couldn't contribute on special teams. But when we talked about bringing in a guy that is a veteran that can either work in one or two ways to balance out and counter what Saquon Barkley brings to the table. So it's either bringing in a, a bigger back that could be used in, in short yardage situations, giving a, a quick spell to Saquon Barkley just to pick up uh, a few extra yards here and there whenever Barkley needs a break or the other option is bringing in a smaller, more compact receiving type back. And I think Deion Lewis really does fit that definition of a smaller, quicker, really good hands type of a running back. However, I, you know, I'm going to say, Chris, you could probably agree with me here. I, when we were talking about all of these potential options, I don't think either of us would have considered Dion Lewis as an option because we, we listed off all of these other available names that sounded really good. And I think we even talked about Amir Abdullah being as, uh, an option, and he made a lot of sense fitting that type of a, a receiving role. <laughs> but Dion Lewis, the 29-year-old, ends up being that guy. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's kind of the way the free agency class went for us. We looked at all these all of these options, we saw a bunch of really interesting names, and the Giants really pursued none of them. So uh, maybe there's something to learn from that. Personally, I was kind of expecting them to bring in running back competition through the draft, and they may yet because they have a ton of picks at the back end of the draft, and that could be a really good spot to look. The other signing, and this one is a bit unique because of where he's coming from, Yesterday, they signed Dravon Askew-Henry, a defensive back from the New York Guardians of all places, XFL player, one of the few XFL players who have so far signed with NFL teams in the midst of their season being cut short because of the coronavirus issues. So they signed Askew-Henry, who previously had a stint with the Steelers for a very brief period of time. Bigger corner, around six foot two oh two is what he was listed at, and they're signing him to a two-year deal. Fun fact about Askew Henry, and this is was released as part of uh, the announcement for me in Rappaport that he's the cousin of Darrell Revis. So maybe you can get a little bit of that um, quality of play, not up to Revis's standards, but you can get a little bit of that that strong uh, consistency as a defensive back for the two years that he could be a giant. Yeah, yeah, I. I think I kind of expect him to be in the mix for the Giants' safety position. That's, from what I remember, that's 
what he mostly played when he was at West Virginia. And that does kind of go with his size. If I remember correctly, he was more of a hitter than a coverage guy. But if he can be anything like Revis, this could be a sneaky good signing for the Giants. It's something we'll just have to see. Now we're going to give you a look into the various position groups that have improved, taken a step backward, and also who is currently the strongest. Before we get to that, though, we're going to take a very short commercial break. A lot of money has been spent in free agency, signing various guys that were unexpected but helped fill needs very much so for this Giants team that needed improvement, especially on the defensive side of the ball. In terms of the position group that improved the most, Chris and I both agreed here that the cornerbacks were the most improved for the various obvious signing of James Bradbury from the Carolina Panthers, signing for that three-year deal, joining a young but still talented corner group, and then adding that veteran presence, which helped really mold out and shape out the remainder of that position group. Yeah, yeah. hopefully... Bradbury will kind of serve as like a a veteran core for the Giants cornerback group. Take the pressure, you know, like we've mentioned before, take the pressure off of DeAndre Baker and Sam Beal, Corey Ballantyne, Grant Haley, and whoever else happens to wind up in that group by the time all is said and done. Hopefully he can be that number one corner who shadows the opposing number one receiver who can play press coverage, hopefully force quarterbacks to hold the ball just a little bit longer, maybe give the pass rush more time to get there, and also help the Giants not just hemorrhage big plays on the back end when they have to blitz or when they decide to blitz to dial up more pressure and more of a pass rush. Bradbury was really the Giants' biggest signing, and really his presence made for the biggest improvement of any of the eh, of the of any of the position groups. Yeah, adding Bradbury had probably the most impact to any position group, which is why we considered them to be the most improved. For a period of time, and I think we even said this during those early offseason breakdowns, that the cornerback group was not the weakest, but one of the weaker position groups just because of the fact that they were they were very young, they didn't have a lot of experience, and that was what was leading to a lot of issues in the secondary overall. So you bring in James Bradbury, he can step in and start and be that number one corner for you, take a lot of the attention off of DeAndre Baker, Corey Ballantyne, Sam Beal, whoever else is out there on the field at corner. They don't have to guard number one receivers like we saw Baker having to do towards the end of the season, and we saw him struggling doing so. So Bradbury can step in, he can immediately start, he can play and have a pretty big impact similar to what we got from Janoris Jenkins in his first year with the Giants being able to step in and play and slow down number one receivers. In terms of an honorable mention though and a a close runner up, we considered the linebacker group to be not close behind them, but right behind them in terms of how much they improved. You talk about getting rid of a clear liability on defense in Alec Ogletree, was not the same player that he was early on in his career, not really registering things and moving the same way that he used to be able to. You get rid of him, you get rid of Kareem Martin, and then you bring in Blake Martinez, who is 
an underrated linebacker who we talked in full depth on Tuesday about his impact and what he can bring to the table. You have a guy that can step right in, play Mike linebacker, and help round out that group. As soon as they figure out what they're going to be doing at will linebacker, I think that this linebacker group took a very big step forward. As we're talking before before we started recording, the Giants got rid of a liability and added a viable starter. This isn't as big of a step forward jump as the cornerbacks made with James Bradbury, but hopefully Martinez can help with the communication problems. He can hopefully process information more quickly. And even though he might not be the athlete that Alec Ogletree was or even is, you know, hopefully he can do the mental footwork to put himself in position to make plays rather than watching opposing players just run right past him while he's guarding turf. I kind of brought this up during our last show. I don't think his signing precludes the Giants from adding another linebacker. Like you said, a will linebacker, an athletic guy who can have that, who can lock down that coverage role in the middle. But just having a guy who you hope can be the quarterback of the defense, who can communicate, who can play the chess game with the opposing quarterback, who can you know, effectively relay the play call from the sideline into the defense, communicate with whoever the free safety will be. Having that guy there is, that's, that's big for a defense. In terms of what position group did not improve and is now currently the worst on this roster, and when we say worst, it's not so much that they're abysmal and they're, they're not going to be able to perform, but rather one that still is a need for this team leading into the draft. And a clear-cut answer for this because of their lack of ability to sign any bigger name available free agents to fix glaring needs, that is the offensive line. They did not sign anyone besides Cameron Fleming, who's been a backup lineman for his entire career. He can step in and play right tackle if needed, but he is probably not the best possible solution. There's nobody out there really available besides if you talk about Jason Peters or Trent Williams, but the odds of getting them or pursuing them seem pretty low because there has been not any tie to the Giants even considering them. So no available options, made very minimal improvement because of all of that. It's pretty clear that this offensive line group is currently the biggest need heading into the draft. Yeah, like you said, they don't have a starter, an an obvious starter at right tackle. Uh at the moment, it seems their plan for the center is either Spencer Pulley or Hope John Jalapio can recover from a ruptured Achilles in time for the season. And honestly, even if both of them were completely healthy, I wouldn't be terribly uh, excited about that plan. We've seen both of those guys. Neither one is really a starting caliber center. So the offensive line, it has holes at two positions that is just not a good position to be in looking ahead to the season. No, and there's multiple positions along that line, like you said, center and right tackle that currently still need players. Uh, You don't really know what the solution is at that center spot. You, You don't know for sure if Cameron Fleming will be starting at right tackle or if they're using somebody like Nick Gates. Any of those backup guys that didn't really contribute a ton but did step in last year, you don't know for sure who's going to actually be that right tackle. 
it's clear though now that come draft time that they're going to have to draft someone. It can't be like last year where they waited until the very end of the draft to take a tackle that is developmental and might not really be able to start right away. They're going to have to take somebody within those first two rounds if they want to address and fix the offensive line to at least take a step forward and improve it. Our honorable mention for biggest need out of any position group was the safety position. They did not really make any significant signings. You can include Javon Askew Henry in that. They got rid of Antoine Bethea. So a step backward, you still do obviously have Julian Love and Jabril Peppers, but we did feel that if you get rid of Antoine Bethea, they should have been bringing in somebody else to join the mix. Hit it exactly. The Giants don't really have a free safety, or at least... A free, a free safety that we know will be a good free safety. We saw Julian Love step on the field and play well last year, but he stepped on the field and played well in Jabril Pepper's role. He wasn't really the free safety. That was Antoine Bethea, and he had his issues at free safety, most notably the fact that he, did, he just doesn't have any range left. So we don't really know if the Giants are going to ask Love to transition from that kind of box safety slash slot corner role that he played, give that back to Jabril Peppers, and then have Love play free safety? Or will they leave Love where he played well, possibly keep playing Peppers close to the line of scrimmage where he has played his best, and maybe look to the draft to find another free safety? Or, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen right now. So it's it's tough to have a lot of confidence in that position when one of the most important positions in your secondary is currently vacant. So Chris, here's a really interesting thought that I, I had when we were talking about the linebackers, and I think it goes in line with this discussion because of this specific player. You can probably already guess who I'm about to pitch to you. So maybe the approach here, because they do still need a will linebacker and They're still missing that additional piece at safety. Maybe this is the Giants' approach to, okay, we can't get any of the guys that we want in free agency. There's no one really that we see as viable starters. And there's a guy that we can get very likely at the fourth overall pick who can play both of these things, and we can move around and get creative with him. So maybe this is some type of, not an intentional setup to get Isaiah Simmons, but rather putting themselves in a position if they can't, get some of those early guys like Chase Young, they say to themselves, all right, we have needs at will linebacker. We have needs as an additional safety. Why don't we take Isaiah Simmons? Or if they don't take Simmons, it opens up the the conversation for Jeremy Chin or Kyle Duggar more so as a safety, but if they want to use them uh, as a rotational sub-package linebacker. Any of those guys could very well be in play because both of those position groups are of a need and just so happens you have three guys in this year's class that can play those positions. Yeah, I think they are set up to be able to do something like that. It just, I think, really depends on whether or not Patrick Graham is, his defense and scheme are set up to run like that. You know, I've I've been reading a lot about the 3-3-3 stacked odd front air raid killer. It goes by a bunch of different names. Defense, it's kind of more or less pioneered by Iowa State. Aspects of it have been taken up by a bunch of different schools. The New England Patriots have been running aspects of it over the last two seasons. And 
getting a guy like Isaiah Simmons, Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chin, perhaps even using Jabril Peppers in that kind of will linebacker box safety hybrid role is a big part of that defense. Basically, it's difficult to explain in limited time without a whiteboard, but it it more or less normalizes the middle linebacker dropping into a deep safety role from the Tampa 2 and plays it in an odd front, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, th- there's probably a post I'm going to have to have to do on this sometime, or at the very least in the in the host post for this podcast, I'll link a piece uh, Mark Schofield did on the Air Raid Killer. But getting one of those athletic hybrid safety linebackers could be a way to run that defense, and it can be very very effective against a spread de- uh, spread offense. I'm going to Amazon Prime you a whiteboard so you can put together a video of breaking this down so you can fully articulate your thoughts on it. But I I do agree it's probably not the easiest thing to explain in a podcast where it's only audio and people can't really see what you're trying to break down. It's just Yeah, I I can't even gesticulate. (laughs) Yeah, it's just one of those things that you try to talk about coverages and plays and it's like, well, you don't know what this looks like, so you're just kind of trying to picture it in your head. On to the next position group, our current strongest on the roster – This one is probably not going to change for a period of time, even after the draft. No matter who they end up drafting, especially if they do end up taking uh, an outside defensive lineman or an edge rusher. The clear-cut strongest position group right now has stayed the same since the beginning of last season. It is the defensive line. And that's solidified by bringing back Leonard Williams. And I'm not saying Leonard Williams is the best player on this a position group and that he was the final piece that they needed and he drastically elevates the group. That's not entirely true. There's other guys that I we would argue are better than Leonard Williams, but bringing him back keeps the group together. He's a starter. He can contribute. He can take up space. Probably not worth the price tag like we said, but still a very viable starter. And overall, if you look at that whole group, you didn't lose anyone. You return Dexter Lawrence, who is primed to have a very good second year. You are returning Dalvin Tomlinson. Hopefully, a long-term deal is reached with him going forward so he can be here for a long period of time. The best run-stopping player on that defensive line. And then if you want to include the pass rushers in that group, you add in Kyle Fackrell as a rotational pass rusher. You also have O'Shane Zimenez as a rotational pass rusher who we don't entirely know for sure what he's going to be like because he was playing in a limited role and looked pretty good in that limited role at times. And in addition to that, you also have Lorenzo Carter. If they had an elite pass rusher, this this defensive line group could be elite, but right now it is still very, very good. Yeah, I would even focus right in and say the interior defensive line. Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, any two of these guys could probably start for pretty much any team in the NFL. Yeah, None of them are particularly dynamic, but they are all really solid. B.J. Hill, I think, has still has untapped upside. He is, for a big guy who played nose tackle in college. He has a ton of athleticism. He actually compares surprisingly closely to Fletcher Cox, despite being about 15 pounds heavier. Tomlinson is about as good a nose tackle as you can 
ask for while still also being able to beat blockers and be disruptive in the in the offensive backfield. And then you have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams who are probably at their best as kind of that that five technique uh, odd front defensive end. They're athletic, they can penetrate into the backfield, they can disrupt even if they're not going to be getting a whole bunch of sacks. So really that is the strength of the Giants team. Just both sides of the ball front to back. That is the strength of their team. And considering the resources that have gone into that position, it should be the strength. Yeah, considering the emphasis to continually bring additional pieces in over the past few years under Dave Gettleman, it's clear cut that this interior group is very specifically that interior group is the strongest on this team because of the young talent that you have there. You've had guys step up in their first or second years. Like you said, BJ Hill looked really good in his first year, took a little bit of a step back in production because Leonard Williams joined the team, but still looked very, very good and even had an increase in his pro football focus rating. Uh, you, All these guys are young. They're still developing and you don't know for sure what that, that ceiling is going to be for this group. It could end up being even, even, even more better next season. Our honorable mention though, for our, our strongest position group is someone we also said at the very beginning of this off season and things have not changed. That is the running back group. Obvious reason, Saquon Barkley. When he's healthy, you have one of the most dynamic, if not the most explosive running back in the NFL, in your backfield, can score a touchdown from any spot in the field on any given play. If you give him just a little bit of room, he can do exactly that. But then you talk about the guys behind him. When Gallman can step in, he can pick up 100 yards on 25 carries if you need him to, but you're probably not going to give him that much run. You add Deion Lewis, who is that receiving back type role, come in on third down, can pass protect, can catch the ball out of the backfield, can also have an impact as a kick returner. And then I still firmly think that John Hilleman might not be a starting level running back, but he's still a decent piece in that running back group. So you have an overall well-rounded group, making them the second second strongest group on this team. Yeah, basically the presence of Saquon Barkley seals it for this. He is probably the Giants' best player right now. And just having you know the best player on a position group, which otherwise it might not be special, but it's also probably not terrible either. That really just seals it as being the honorable mention here. Now, if the Giants do go into the draft looking for or come out of the draft with another running back, that might change things. I do think if the value is right, they should take a long look at A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. That would really help with with having a short yardage back. And he he doesn't have anything like Saquon Barkley's twitch and agility. But just as far as mass, density, and straight ahead between the tackles power, uh, there are not many running backs like him out there. I remember we were at the Combine, and I, I saw him, or we were watching the Combine, and I saw him, and I was like, how does this dude weigh in at 247? He doesn't look that big. And then all of a sudden you see his legs, and okay, yeah, now I get it. So that would help kind of plug a hole in the Giants running game where Wayne Gallman is a straight ahead gasher, but he isn't a power back. He plays bigger than he measures, but he still isn't a big, powerful dude. Elijah Penny is a useful, versatile fullback, but 
that's kind of what he is. Saquon Barkley is really at his best finding a crease and then turning on the afterburners. He isn't a straight ahead, move the pile, LeGarrette Blount type type running back. Or even even like uh crap, completely lost my or say or you know, even like Ezekiel Elliott, who kind of grinds out consistent yardage. Barkley can get tackled behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit, but you give him an ounce of daylight and he can be gone. A big power back like Dylan or maybe some of the other guys in this draft could kind of fill in the hole between Gallman and Deion Lewis and Saquon Barkley and give you that guy who can just punch it into the goal line, punch it into the end zone from the two yard line, who can move the pocket or move the pile and kind of pick up the one area where Barkley is weak. And depending on how they approach finishing up this offensive line, if, like I said, if they can take somebody in the first two rounds, a quality starter, someone that doesn't particularly need to be a lead if they take someone in the second round, but can step in and play right tackle and grow and improve, that is going to help the development of this running back group from going from being the second best to the best on the team and turning Saquon Barkley loose and allowing him to have huge production like he did in his first year and going further than that, which is crazy to think because he had 2,000 scrimmage yards in his first season. So that is our look at the roster and breaking things down. Next week, we're going to transition to talking more about the NFL draft and filling you in on the final most important things to know as we're less than a month away and the NFL draft is slowly approaching as far as we assume that it is staying on the same date of April 23rd to the 25th. We're going to have to see what ends up happening if it still sticks based on what's currently happening uh, in our country right now with restrictions to COVID-19 and the restrictions by the NFL trying to limit people in their work, uh, NFL players and personnel in their workplace. So we're going to continue to give you NFL draft content. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Be sure to also rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. Feel free to tweet at us. Been having a few more people lately tweet at me asking me questions. I love that stuff. I'll get I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I love answering questions. Feel free to tweet at any of us, even the main page, if you have any thoughts or questions, and we'll try our best to uh, return those various questions, or we'll even take them and use them in our mailbag. Stick around for next week, where we will be giving you more NFL draft content.